episode 372 of This Is Whole Life, and Whole Life happens, and well, it happens here, but it happens at Whole Life Church on a weekly basis here in Orlando, Florida. This is the podcast where we go deeper into the message and the things that we are discussing here at Whole Life Church. And someone asked me the other day, they're like, you know, maybe you should redo the like the music for the for the This Is Whole Life, and we really enjoy your monologue in the bumpers of this is or speaking of grace our sister podcast where the message comes out and i'm like yeah but it's the same it's the same every week i don't go and change i don't go and change it it's been like that for a long long time so who knows maybe we'll talk to philip and see if he wants to put together some new music for the podcast and i don't you know, know you i don't have enough going on right randy you, know, you well, need a little something extra to keep well, you you know engaged I, I, huh? I aim to please and i also i'm not sure we should change it because there are apparently people who depend on us to help them get to sleep at night yeah who, who's who, who uh i'm gonna call out ali rodriguez on this one she <laughs> says that our pod- podcast helps her helps her sleep <laughs> Well, she can she can join my wife, who's like you know if she ever has insomnia, all she has to do is turn on the podcast. She's like, I'll never make it past your voice getting to the intro, and she's like, it just it, it's like you know I used to read to her and it would just put her to sleep, and so that's well, there you go. What right, would well, what would we do if we changed the intro? All the, we would disrupt all these sleep cycles. Yeah, I can't handle. Good night, Ali. <laughs> Good night, Heather. <laughs> Even though I know you're not listening because you need to be awake, so that's probably not going to work. Anyway, this week we are still in the Chosen series. This was week three, and uh, we probably should say this beginning of every episode on the Chosen. If you haven't watched it, hashtag spoiler alert, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the show, even though we don't talk just about the show, but the chapters and the verses and the meetings are surrounding what's happening on the show. This week, it was season one, episode seven, Invitations, and I heard that this was Ken's favorite, but I don't believe that Ken could possibly have only one No favorite. Mm-hmm. I just don't... It's like having a favorite donut, you know, there's two or three favorites. Mm, good crawler. Mm. No? French crawler? No? Mm. Um, Boston cream? Boston cream's pretty good. Boston cream's pretty good. What about, ooh, apple fritter? Totally, yeah, we always work our way around to food I know, for a little while. Well, so, yeah. Anyway. So, you know. Yeah. Favorite donut? There's, are you not a. Well, Randy, it's been 15 years since I've had a donut. Oh, that's so right. Gluten free. Well, sit over here donuts? in my sad little gluten free circle and listen to the two of you so talk the, about donuts. What's the, best donut, what's the best donut place here, in, uh, in your opinion? My favorite place to go is not here in Orlando. It is Donnie's Donuts in New Smyrna Beach, Daytona Beach. And yeah, I think there's just the two locations. There's three locations, two different cities. I was so disappointed. I stopped, I've heard you talk about it, and I stopped by, and it was closed the day I stopped oh, by. Oh, man. It's just it's just a good old-fashioned cake donut, which is good all by itself. You know, a cup of coffee or a little, if you're the milk kind of person, mm-hmm. like you like a little, you know, wash it down with a little milk, that's good. But then the cream cheese top and the little toppings they put on them, they're just, it's really good. And it's not, um, it's not too decadent. It's just the right amount. Now, today we went uh, for staff meeting. We were... Down off of Michigan and Orange at Hungry Pants. Hungry Pants. I was going to say yeah. Happy yeah. Pants, but nope. that didn't sound nope. right. Hungry, Hungry Pants. pants. <laughs> We're all a little bit tired. Be like DBS and this many kids all morning long, two days in a row. I'm just going to tell you, it's it's it's, it's a, got me a little bit different than normal. <laughs> than normal is all I'm going to say. But on the way back, I rode with Karen and we saw Shaka Donuts. And that is a pretty legit place here locally. Which Wait, is, did you stop? 
No. Okay. I, and they they have weird hours, so you gotta make like make sure they're open before you go. But it's on Michigan, actually, right in the strip mall in the corner of Michigan and or and Orange. So. Is this a paid my, advertisement? My favorite. Place, no, they yeah. don't sponsor the podcast, but they could. Shaka Donuts. My favorite was Donut King. You know, I have heard really good things about Donut King. One yeah. of my former coworkers was like, "Donut King is everything." And the Jimenez uh, family introduced me to it, and um, I'm a huge fan. Like they make ginormous, yeah, donuts, and they have all these different kind. Anyway, so well, yeah. Jimenez family, you know, we would love to as a staff give a rating on these. So you know, if you'd like to drop a <laughs> drop a dozen or two by, we'll 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 give you a full recommendation here on the podcast. Don't worry about it. I've already had it. So I give it a ten. Ken gives it a 10. Good enough. There we go. Maybe I'll All have right. to go buy it. Go go get some for you guys so you can So is this is so. episode 7? Is this <laughs> getting back to what getting we're Getting back to what we're doing. Is this like your favorite favorite and the other ones come close or is this one like yeah, I'll I'll take like this. I'll put this in my top 3. And what about it puts it I where it is? I would say for sure it's my favorite in season 1. How about that? Ooh, I uh, can go along with that. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty close. Um but no, I'd I'd say my favorite episode is this one. The um, Jesus at the at the well with the, uh, the Samaritan one. woman. Mm, um, yeah. I like that one, and I can't remember. Is that the same? I, I really love the episode with um, where where Jesus uh, the, where he what, where is he's with the uh, the guy that uh, I think the guy that ambushed the guy on the road. Yes, right? yes, that yeah. is that is the same episode, I believe. It's the Samaritan one, right? Or is it after? I think no. It's the one mm-hmm. after because she they invite him to stay at okay. their house, and that's when they he yeah. says that room is haunted yeah. by my grandmother, and Jesus is like, oh, I'll take that one. That's <laughs> the, that's the next episode. So yeah, that's but those are good choices. Yeah, I like I like those are all good. And then season three, I really like the episode that we'll be showing from that one too. So those are all. And how can you not love Nicodemus in yeah. in this story at least in yeah. in the portrayal of them talking? Yeah. It's just. You know, you get the two invitations like you talked about with Matthew, and I think it was a good reminder. You know, last week we had Jazzy who asked, Jesus told Peter, I will make you fishers of men. You are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later. Why do we act like the sorting of who isn't acceptable to God is our responsibility? Isn't that a pebble versus boulder issue? And then you look at like Matthew, the tax collector, is like way over on this side, and at least in society's eyes. And then here's Nicodemus. You know, he's the top of the top in the religious leaders, and at least in the way the story is, is looked at here. In the episode, you see this really stark contrast between these two characters. And I thought the interesting part was really both of them were heavily conflicted. Matthew's like, well, I, you know, I'm a bad person. I know I'm a bad person. I'm not afraid to say it. And I felt like Nicodemus, even when he's dealing with his wife, who's like, Nicodemus, take me home. I'm ready to be done in Capernaum. We need to get out of here. And like he's even fighting with himself about how or what he believes and like, could this be true? And then he's as easily conflicted, or maybe more so, about leaving. Nicodemus deconstructing before deconstruction was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got their thesis on their mind right now. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. So, uh, and who can blame uh, Nicodemus' wife for getting out of Capernaum, which was uh, pretty much the uh, provincial nowheresville of uh, yeah. Judea? So. I don't. I don't think I've mentioned this, and I've I've been trying to figure out how to work it in a sermon since I think I don't think I'm going to make it figure it out. 
So in my worships, I'm reading um, through through the Bible, and I come across the story. I believe it's in for maybe Chronicles, First Chronicles, or something. Anyway, First Kings. I don't know. Somewhere in there. That's tough to di- differentiate. Yeah, those, I don't know. <laughs> it's basically where Solomon builds the temple. So wherever that's at, this is this is where I'm reading. Uh, this is several weeks ago, and so I come across this story, and it's where uh, Solomon gets the king of uh, uh, King Hiram of Tyre to help him with the building of the temple, and um, and then also Solomon's palace after that, and he's. Uh, or Lebanon, he's bringing all these cedars from Lebanon in, King Hiram is. And so at the end of all of it, uh, Solomon gives King Hiram this thank you gift of like, I don't know, 40 towns in Galilee, Hmm. in the region of Galilee. And um, Hiram goes to visit these towns that he's been gifted with, and um, (laughs) he he comes back and he says... uh, what? <laughs> and that's my paraphrase. Of it. And he he um he says, "I thought we were friends because <laughs> this towns." He's he literally calls them. He he gives them. He gives the the region the name worthless. Mm. Is what is what he calls. Says, "I thought we were friends. I thought we were brothers. Why would you give me these completely terrible towns? They're awful." And fast forward to Mark Twain. Mark Twain, I think, did a. a um, American Abroad. Did he, did he write American Abroad or something like that? Mark Twain? Mark yeah. Twain? Yeah, I don't remember the exact title, but it was something. It was basically him traveling. He goes to the Holy Land. Well, apparently he travels through this area and he's like, I, I totally understand. These like This is the worst place in the world. Like the, the people are awful. The town is awful. It's hot. It's miserable. Nobody... Who, and so what, what becomes fascinating about this whole thing is this is the area that Capernaum is in. It's the area that, that uh, Nazareth is. It's, in fact, it potentially could have been Nazareth. It could have been. And so this brings up the interesting thing later on when we're going to see Nathaniel say what, what good thing can come out of Nazareth. This, this could be an allusion back to King Hiram saying there's, this place is worthless. There's no way you give this for me. You know, it's like when you give your friend, you know, when your friend wants uh, something out of your lunch and you give them the celery instead of, you know, the, the M&Ms that they were asking for. But all this to, all this to say, like, you know, of course, that, I think that's some of the fun of the subtlety of if you actually study your Bible, really get, go in deep. There is just some real subtle stuff that the chosen does that I do not think is an accident. And um, and Nicodemus' wife wanting to go home from Capernaum is completely legit. This was not a cool place to hang out. Not this, a vacation it was destination. Not a vacation. <laughs> this is not where you know the top teacher in in Jerusalem was like, oh yeah, let's take a vacation to you know to this place. Wasn't like Orlando. Everybody wants to come to Orlando. No, this is like, I don't know, somewhere else, <laughs> somewhere in the you know maybe in the Everglades somewhere, or hot and there's nothing there, and and so she wants to get out of there because there's nothing good coming out of there. And Nicodemus, this poor guy, finally has seen that there is something good and something that's beyond his comprehension, something that that he can't explain. And so in this episode, he meets with Jesus, and again, the writers using their holy imagination put this whole thing together, but I do love how they incorporate John 3 
into the script and it doesn't feel forced. Um, you know, I've, I love the Matthew videos where, where, um, where they basically verbatim the book of Matthew. Um, this was many years ago that this happened. I love that. It was good. It was good, but I love the way that the chosen has gone in and taken the text and incorporated it into a script. And it really, to me, feels so like what could have happened. Mm. Um, and if you've ever been a reporter and had to cover something, you know that when John wrote out John 3, there was a lot of, he, he put in the good stuff, but there was probably a little bit of back and forth and the human expression that you just can't quite put into you know your journalism the way that it happened. I just love the way that The Chosen portrays John chapter 3 and the the, the the dialogue back and forth between Nicodemus, you you sense his his sincerity, and you sense Jesus' love for this man, and that he's not just, you know, it, I think you can possibly read John 3 and, and, and put some sarcasm in there from Jesus and put a little bit of snark from Jesus if you want to look at it a certain way, but I love the way the Chosen portrays it, that Jesus just genuinely loves this guy and just wants him to try to help him get it and wrap his mind around it. And I love how Nicodemus, they portray Nicodemus as not really being high and mighty, and I'm, oh, come on, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, the, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the teacher of teachers here in Israel. I'm here to teach you some things, but just genuinely wanting to know, which is well, the way I read John 3, is that Nicodemus comes in, and he's just like, I, I, you've got something, and I want it, but I don't get it, and I need some help. And just, I was going to ask you if you felt like that betrayal felt really true to the no, text. To me it did. Early on, it seems like, well, here's this, you know, very learned and knows the Torah, knows all the all the rules. And he's, you know, teaching other people on how to become, you know, rabbis and and, and then for him fish on Sabbath. You know? right, yeah, right. And for him, though, to just be almost lost when Jesus is asking him about, you know, you have to be born again and and like, how can this be? Cause you know, bless my, my dear departed mother, you know, she's gone <laughs> and it brings a, a humanity that yeah. then you can resonate with. It's easy to look at the religious leaders and be like, yeah, they just didn't get it. They were full of themselves. They had all the, you know, they were pretty wealthy as it went, at least as far as Jews were concerned and all of the different things that they had above everybody else. But really, when you see Nicodemus, it almost brings him to that same place of the same things that we struggle with. And you think, yeah, but if I was sitting with Jesus, I would have totally gotten it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe uh-huh. not. That was just so, that was such a powerful exchange. But what I love is that he got the hug. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's like probably one of the more powerful scenes in all of The Chosen right there, you know. I put that one right up with Mary, get, Mary getting the hug. Um, when he calls her Mary yeah. and she stops and she gets yeah. the hug, Nicodemus gets the hug, and then our season three, yeah, my boy gets the hug. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, won't go there just yet. Not, yeah. No, not not spoiler. So just know it's coming up. It's yeah. coming up ahead. But the other part was I like how you inter- interjected. You had Romans three and mm. just like letting, just reminding us after Jazzy's question last week about you know who gets to sort things yeah. out and that you know nobody, 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 nobody is is worthy nobody is righteous and the law if you can't be made right by god and that's the part that i don't know why that that part seems to get lost so often when we think about well if i could just do a little bit better and if i could just you know pull my bootstraps up or just you know and 
just knowing that there's no way to make that happen. And that's to me, that was such a good reminder along with this episode about who gets called and the God's not looking for necessarily because he didn't in the Bible. He doesn't actually call Nicodemus that we know of to follow him. Right? No. Um, John three, John three, if you read between the lines, seems like Jesus recruiting him, but he does, there's, it doesn't, John three doesn't end with Jesus saying, now Nicodemus come follow me. And yet later on in the book of John, we hear that, that Nicodemus was a secret disciple of Jesus. And that's, Mm. I believe that's the book of John that records that. Yeah. But his positionality though, later, later comes into play. He kind of needed to be where he was. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think sometimes, you know, follow me means different things to different people, depending on where we are and what, what our part is, and that that is the interesting thing hmm. is that in the the chosen, they kind of, Nicodemus does get that overt, come follow me, do this. The Gospels don't say that, and to Melanie's point, maybe this is one of those areas where the chosen doesn't maybe perhaps get it right because maybe Jesus did need Nicodemus to stay where he was at and not necessarily come and go on the road trip with him, but just needed him to to be where he was at. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And that's that's what I love about holy imagination. You can you can view it through that prism. You can view it through this lens. And you can just look at it and say, how does that apply to me? What can I take away from that? <laughs> well, if you have Shmuel and the others on the other side, yeah. you definitely need Nicodemus. If you're at least in their storyline, you probably do need Nicodemus where he was. <laughs> that just makes me that that whole that whole ride. Now that's not this episode though. Oh, never mind. I was watching mm. another one. <laughs> never mind. I was just about to go somewhere else. Man, yeah. I was just about to go whole spoiler alert on you guys. Sorry about that. Caught myself just in time. The story though that I I really appreciated out of the message that had nothing to do with the chosen was the former church member. And yeah. the baptism and, and him witnessing to this. In fairness, he's still probably a church member somewhere. Oh, yeah, not former church member. <laughs> well, a church member from one of the for, other, former places that somebody, you've been somebody a pastor. That, somebody that I had the pleasure of, of um, being friends with, yeah. I know multiple friends that were on the receiving end of that initial thought process of, well, there's no possible way we could baptize you because we have all these problems and these issues of things we are pretty sure that you don't take seriously or you just don't agree with. And so you're kind of pushing us off to the side and yet you want to be baptized. And so we're going to say no. And then and how that has pushed people away. And that was just a really warm, wonderful story. And I just, you know, it's just one of those things where, like I, I, I mentioned, this is, if you didn't hear the sermon, go back and listen to the story. But the the long and short of it was it was one of a church leader in a church that I was at who was just kind of concerned about um, maybe about how inclusive we should be and um, and at what point. And so he and I had a, a long and vigorous discussion on this topic that left us both feeling frustrated at the end of the <laughs> The conversation, I basically said to him, you know, here's the thing, I'm doing studies, I'm studying the Bible with people, I'm inviting them to come follow Jesus, who are you doing that with? I mean, you have opinions on how I should be doing it and what I should be doing, but who are you actually doing this with? And like I said in the sermon, to this to this man's eternal credit, he sat back and he said, you know, that's a good point, I'm not, but I will, and he did. And that's the part that I just encourage people so much, share Jesus with people. There is like, 
once you start sharing people Jesus with people, it will it is just one of the most satisfying experiences on earth. When you start sharing Jesus, you start seeing people different. Mm, yeah. Um, you start seeing them as human beings who are longing for wholeness and don't always know where to find it. And then you discover that the best answer you have for them isn't do this, don't do that. The best answer you have for them is look at Jesus and have Jesus help you because I don't have the answer to how you figure this out. This is tough. You're in a hard place. You've, you know, whether you got yourself there on your own or whether or not, you know, there's circumstances involved doesn't change the fact you're in a hard place and there aren't easy answers. And right now what you need is love and compassion and just the same way that I need love and compassion on a daily basis. Um, And so, yeah, so this guy, like I said, just to his eternal credit, he went out and did the, found some neighbors who, who were interested in, in knowing more about Jesus, and he just um, got to know them and love them and just saw them through maybe a different lens and saw what it meant to to bring people into the church's life and why it mattered. And I agree. I think it does, it does make people's life better. And it almost seems like if we are going to take people and leave them in a spot where we we can't give them some kind of an answer. We can't find that commonality where we can bring them into a life with Christ. It seems like that's almost where the fear is born that keeps us in that, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I should be going. And in the chat this week, there was a lot of questions about fear yeah, and about how the fear of, I'm not sure that I'm doing this right. I'm not sure yeah. sometimes about what I might be doing. And, I, don't want to and make you more, I don't want to make you more afraid, but you probably aren't doing it right. <laughs> the, the, look, I mean, yeah, no, you like, honestly, did, like, yeah. I don't know about you, but the more I mature spiritually, and I'm by no means, I'm hoping someday to get out of my teenage years, but, um, <laughs> you know, the more I grow, the more I realize just how flawed I am. Like, it's what Paul says, like all your all my righteousness is as filthy rags, dirty yeah. diapers. You know, the best that I have to do is not particularly great. And and the the real temptation for us as Christians is to really think that our poop smells better than everybody else's and that that we don't have a dirty diaper when in fact going back to last week, we have a very dirty diaper. And and we all need Christ, we all need his righteousness. And it doesn't mean that we don't strive to be better people, to follow what God's laid out in the Bible, because we do, and we do it because God loves us, and he's given us these things because he wants us to have a good life. Yeah. Well, and I think that maybe the thing that I took away from a good reminder from that story is also that it's not until you've invested in that relationship personally that anyone is going to see a real difference because you just don't have the kind of love for someone until you've spent time with them. You've walked a few miles alongside of them and know, you know, what they're struggling with and, and maybe how you can help them. You can pray with them. You can give advice and just, but, you know, or listen and just be there and talk about it. And I think that watching that person go from someone who's like, yeah, I don't know if we're doing this right to, well, maybe I still don't know if I'm doing it right, but I'm doing it to the best yeah. that I can. And I'm just listening to God going, these people need my help and I feel for them. So let's let's see what we can figure out. These people need my love. 
Yeah. They need absolutely. my compassion. They need me to care and to be there and to walk with them. Whether we agree on everything in the end or not, they need me and they don't need me just to be there to to Bible study them until they disagree with me and then I move on to the next next set of people because you didn't agree with me. What people understand when they're being used mm, as yeah. a transaction and when there's not real friendship involved, it's just a I'm just trying to get something out of this. I need you to do what I need you to do. And then I'm going to move on. I don't really genuinely care about you because if you genuinely care about somebody, you don't leave their life. You don't just walk out when, when they don't do what you hope they'd do. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think the part that the other part about Matthew and the, his invitation and the invitation to Nicodemus, when, you know, Matthew sees things that he's, you know, he goes to see his Ema and he's telling her in the story, like, what if everything I think I know is wrong? What if I can't explain what I've seen? And he just has this internal struggle and he knows that there's something that going on. And Nicodemus also sees things. And but he, and then when he talks to Jesus, he can't really put everything together either, except that he, he knows who he is. He's convinced, I believe, of who Jesus is. And Matthew's pretty sure he knows who he is. And in each case, it, it's two different, you know, if, if you're not Jesus, you're going to have to spend time. You'd have to spend time with Matthew and you'd have to spend time with Nicodemus to know in each of those cases how you would help someone or how you would be a friend to that person to if they didn't know Jesus. I think that's I, that part really struck me as like you have to spend time. You have to love people in order to get to that degree in in order to get to that spot. So. Anything else we want to cover? Anything else you had that you didn't use, you didn't throw in, or anything else bonus? You've already given us a little bit of bonus today already. Yeah, so hopefully I, I gave you a little bit extra there. There's a little bit extra. So let's get to the questions, and we're going to save the teaser for last from Hugo. I, I did like his question. And I think I removed the questions that we had already covered in the Q&A afterwards, but I wanted to give a shout out to Mike B. During second service, he was watching and worshiping from his hospital bed. Oh. And he said, it means the world that I can do this from my hospital bed recovering. Well, man, Mike, we're so glad yeah. that you were able to tune yeah. in and be a part of that from from the hospital. And that's we're just glad that we were able to be with you that uh, that day. Yeah, and Haas had prayer for him in in the chat which I just I love the fact yeah. that we can do that and we can uh, we can minister together yeah. uh, on both sides. And I and I think we covered it and this was from Pi and Aaron. They are our friends in yeah. Tampa. And I I wanted to cover this because I Part think of this our is, whole life family, our online family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I read the question and I heard Haas ask it and I know you've already answered this one but I think for those that may not have a chance to catch the message, I just think this is one that we all come up against, and we've already talked about it a little bit, but uh, they said, it sounds like making a mistake isn't a sin, question mark. If Jesus wants us to follow him and live his way right out of the tax booth, so to speak, it doesn't sound like he expects us to do it right every time without errors. I'm always afraid to make mistakes because I think I'm sinning when I make a mistake because it could hurt others, and I might make Jesus look bad to others if I do it, that means Christianity, if I do it wrong. Maybe my fear of making an error is like that guy who buried the money in the ground and got reprimanded for it. Yeah. 
Boy, that's what a great example, by the way. Of yeah. I mean, that's such a good tying because that's exactly what that parable is about. It's the guy. The guy's like, I know you're a hard man, and so I I didn't want to take a chance on Whew, yeah on on losing your money. So I buried it, and here you go. It's all back. You got it. And so what a great example. And yeah, and he gets reprimanded. That you know he says, well, if you 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 God encourages us to take chances and try things and you know and that's a part of of trying is is failing at times and not not always doing things perfectly and making mistakes and and um again this is where a god that's full of grace um, walks with us and helps us Mm. grow and yeah and forgives us when when we don't do things exactly right and and i know that's a tough thing sometimes to overcome that fear but one of my best friends in the world, Danny Hernandez, used to say to us all the time, when I get to heaven, I want to walk up to Jesus and I want to give him a big hug and say, we tried some crazy stuff to get people to understand who you were and to introduce you to people. And not all of it was a good idea, apparently, but I didn't know. I just did the best I could. But I tried. We, I tried. We threw everything we could think yeah. of up against the wall to see what would stick. And so yeah. I've always loved the idea of just saying, whatever, whatever comes in, let's give it a whirl. All right. T. Cinco said, I wonder if sometimes the fear we experience is because we can't truly understand the extent and depth of God's love and grace. <laughs> here, yeah. here, here. Yep. <laughs> we'll second that motion. And uh, Anonymous asked, do you think we, uh, we as humans judge because it is easier to see someone else's sins than our own and or we believe our sin is not as bad as another person's? Ooh, that sounds like the rate of sin. Yeah. Spin the big wheel and see who the winner is for today. It is. Uh, I think we all know it's easier to look at another person and critique them than it is to to dig deep. And we all have that something massive lumber. blind spot with ourselves. Yeah, yeah, lumber in the eye yeah. or something. I don't know. I I don't remember where that comes from, but I've heard it before. Yep. Lumber all right. Spec. <laughs> the spec. There you go. All right, here's the Tizo, teaser. Te- oh, I went teaser and Hugo and went Tizo. Sorry, Hugo. <laughs> Hugo gave us our teaser question that we ended uh, second service with because we ran out of time. He said, how do I accept myself into the church when my own family and parents don't agree with my Christian lifestyle? Man, there's a lot of ways to do a Christian lifestyle. And so without knowing exactly what that is, even small things, though, or the smallest can be a roadblock between any of us that are just like, well, this, I mean, come on, we all can agree on like something this easy, right? And it's like, no, sometimes we can't. You run to people who are like, I've never heard that before. So I can see where, but how do I accept myself into the church if maybe I'm not in a church that's as welcoming yeah. and accepting? Well, that's, you know, that that is... <laughs> Yeah, how, how do you separate the two? Yeah, maybe and that, is that can be a real difficulty when your family and others don't. But you know, my my encouragement to you is to find a church that does accept you, that does love you, that does care about you, that will walk with you, and then, and that will walk with you. And hopefully, that's whole life. Hopefully, here at whole life, we will walk with you and be with you on that journey and um, that you're on. Because we're all on a journey, right? We're all yeah. we're all on a journey. Some of us are not sure where that journey's going, and <laughs> some of us have a really strong idea of where that journey's going. But we're all on a journey, and um, wherever you're on on that journey, like I said, I hope you'll find. Don't give up on Jesus. Don't give up on Jesus because people around you 
are making statements that Jesus has given up on you because Jesus has not given up on you. And Jesus loves you, cares about you, wants you in the family. So by all means, please, please find a family that gets that and that welcomes you. Hmm. I like it too when you think about how you approach Christian Christianity, or in this phrase or context, Christian lifestyle, there's so many things that when you, like moving is a big eye opener. Like if you, when we moved from the Midwest to Florida, you know, it was a a big culture shock, a culture shift as far as Christianity went in maybe life in general a little bit from a much more um, closed thinking society or closed um, not, not not the boiling pot that we see here in Central Florida, and certainly not the boiling pot of ideas in Christianity. And at first, things will shock you sometimes, and you'll go, oh, no, 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 that can't possibly be correct, because I've been told, or I've grown up with this, or my family, and like he's saying, maybe my parents or my family or those close to me, they would never think of doing that, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're pretty holy. And then you run into someone else, who thinks exactly opposite, but you don't find that out until a little bit later. So you've got a chance to maybe do, I can think of a couple people that we met when we first got here and we'd been doing Bible studies with them as a group. And you're just like, wow, this person, I really, I really trust their counsel on a lot of different things that, that they've said and that they've, you know, they've read and they've studied their Bible. And, and you think, man, this person's pretty smart. I, 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 they've gained my trust as someone that I would go to with a question or some theology or methodology that I was wondering about might, like, where does it fit in biblically? And then they come out of left field with something that you'd be totally never comfortable with. And you're like, well, shoot, I thought these guys were smart. Well, they can't be smart now because they don't believe this. And you have to, you have to reconcile, you know, in your heart and in your mind, like, well, maybe there's another way to think about this. And you're like, but I don't want to think about this in a different way. And so many people, for me, that was a huge, a huge eye opener. And a couple of people in my life that talked in, talked to me through some of these ideas about God is constantly giving us more and more that we, as we grow and as we find him deeper and deeper, we learn more and doesn't always have to be the same. It can change. It can be something different. You can be on Lake Kensington. We don't know where we're, some of us, where that journey is taking us. This may be part of that journey. So I would encourage you to just, you know, keep studying, keep praying, find people that may think a little bit like you think and think opposite because that's a fun, it's, it can be a fun part. And find people that believe in you. Mm, find there people you go. that believe in you. I um, Probably one of the more heartbreaking things I ever saw was as a high school student that I knew, he was in a boarding school, boarding high school, and uh, he was the first person in his family to to have the potential to graduate from high school. Wow! Not college, high school. Okay. And you would think, and and at least the way I grew up, you know, I I would have my imagination was that the family would be super proud and rooting and. But this uh, this guy would get a phone call at least once a month from his dad telling him, you're never going to make it. Mm. You Do you think you're better than the rest of us? Do you think you're going to do this? Do you think you're going to be able to do what everybody else hasn't been able to do? You might as well give up. You might as well come home now. And I don't know if anything has ever made that – that was one of the things that just made me so furious. I just wanted to find that dad. I mean, like, come on. 
root for your kid, believe in your kid. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm passionate here at our church that we root for people. We don't say, oh, you'll never make it. You're, you've got this problem. You've got that problem. You've, you're doing this. You're doing that. No, we're here to root for you. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. We're here for you. We'll, we'll figure this out. It'll be okay. Yeah. Because what broke my heart is the, the kid did drop out. Hmm. And, and I, and, and I, fulfilled. Bl- I, I, you know, was try not to be too, but I blame, I blame the family. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy. You tell people they're going to do something and do it. Yeah. It and happens. Not, not and, um, whereas, you know, and so, you know, going back to Hugo was Hugo, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Going back to Hugo, look, we believe in you. You belong in the family of God. You belong. You should be here. You should be a part of it. Um, so whatever voices are out there telling you you don't, put those away and just know that Jesus has personally invited you to be a part of his family. And um, and Jesus wants you to be a part of his family. Yeah, and even if you're an online to someone that who's caught us online, if you're if you're not a member anywhere, I just encourage you to continue to to be here every week online. Um, we have a great group of people that are in the chat and are yeah. are uplifting, and I really feel like that maybe is the strongest part of whole life is from the messages that you know Ken prepares or who might be preaching that week to Melanie's team who is working through worship items that are specifically specifically thought of and prayed over that are uplifting and supportive of that, that again, we're, everyone is cheering for everyone here. And I just feel like that's something that you can tell when you're here and even when you're just watching online. So, um, would encourage you to continue to watch. And if you are local and you haven't been here, please do stop in. I would love to say hello and handshake, a hug, and a warm beverage would might be nice. And so look me up if you're close and you're here. Or just say hi next time you're in the chat as well. I'm usually there as well. So this week, we're in week four. And <laughs> let's see. And going back to episode three. <laughs> we've been, we were on seven. Now we're going back to three. I think this episode this episode is called Jesus Loves the Little Children. It's only 30 minutes long. It's, it's actually right, one it's of the shortest uh, episodes that they have, and yet it's very profound. It's very important. Um, there's a reason why we're doing it. We have Vacation Bible School that's taking place this week here at our church. And um, two years ago, Whole Life uh, teamed up with uh, World Vision to sponsor uh, kids down in Guatemala. And so this week, we are going to be giving more. We have had so many people that have come into Whole Life uh, since then, and yeah. uh, we're going to give people the opportunity to uh, sponsor some more kids down in Guatemala. And then the fun thing is, Rochelle and I are going to be flying down to Guatemala with World Vision. We're going to go to the choosing party, because this this is kind of the fun thing about what World Vision is doing, is they're doing where the kids choose you. So you say, I'm willing to sponsor a child. We take a picture of you, your family, whoever. We take it down there, we pin them up, and the kids actually bring the kids into the room one by one, and the kids look at who's up on the, who's who's hanging off of the little clotheslines, and then they pick the person they want to be their sponsor. And so um, I'm going to get to be at that choosing party. I'm going to get to see that happen. I'm going to see the work that World Vision is doing there in Guatemala. They're going to come back um, and uh, 
share those stories with you. Uh, Rochelle and I are actually going to have our our real literal. Um, we're we're traveling light. World Vision encourages us to uh, keep it light. Rochelle and I like to travel that way anyway, so it works out. But we're we're going to be down there Monday through Friday. Coming back late Friday night. Um, we're taking I think a backpack and a carry on, and so we're nice. we're going to bring our. Rashawn and I are going to bring literally bring our real carry-ons that we're going to be taking down to Guatemala. We're going to have them out. And if you've already sponsored a child in Guatemala two years ago, you can write a letter to that child, handwrite that letter, put it into the uh, into one of our uh, carry-ons, and then um, and if you're if you sponsor, if you say, "Hey, I'm going to sponsor a child," I don't know who they are. You can write a letter to that child that you is going to pick you. And, and and put it into one of our suitcases as well. We're going to actually hand deliver those hmm. um, those letters. That's going to be kind of fun. That is going to be fun. Um, and so we're going to take those down. It's going to be pretty great, and it's it's going to be a neat thing. And then two weeks from the Saturday, I'm actually when I get back from that trip, I am going to um, at church service that week during the Sabbath school time from eleven fifteen to or I'm sorry ten fifteen. Is that right? I'm 1045. There we go. Yeah. 1045. I'll get it right eventually. 1045 to 1130. I'm going to actually show pictures from the trip, um, talk about what uh, World Vision's doing down there, and also kind of have a little organizing committee where we we chat about how we can, as a church, really stay connected with each other and with what's happening in Guatemala in a really significant way so that we so that we're staying up to date with what's happening as a community and really supporting them. And that's kind of what the message this week is about when it, um, Jesus loves the little children is the episode. And we're going to talk about what it means to love the kids that are, are in our lives and the kids that maybe seem far away, but that we can make an impact in their lives and, and make their life a little bit better. So we'll be talking about that in the sermon this week. And so I'm looking nice. forward to it. I liked how the little smile on your face, Melanie, is Ken was really digging for that time and you just kind of let him swing out there. That was nice. <laughs> she knows. She's like, whatever. She's like, I know what time. They, I plan this every week. I know when the service times are. That was, that was great. Well, in, in Ken's defense, it is a special time. Yeah, no, it's not a normal. Yeah. So, you know, you know. Yeah, special time. Thanks, Melanie. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for trying to speaking make it better for me. Of, speaking of special times. What is, that, what is a special time? What's uh, this, oh, yeah, that's this coming important. Friday night, where we are still going to do our normal chosen viewing. Oh, But before the chosen viewing, we are having a vacation Bible school Vespers at 630 that, of course, everyone is invited to if you would like to come to that. And then uh, our chosen episode is going to be shown at 730 instead yep. of 7 p.m. Is so, that going to be in the worship center this time since we're all downstairs already or is that going well, to be upstairs if, we know if thousands of people arrive and they want to see chosen then we'll we'll make an adjustment at this point i think we're going to do it in 305 but uh, it's still up in the air yeah. oh yeah well that makes sense because it's not i mean right now you wouldn't recognize the worship center it's yeah. been a uh Today, uh, for Ken and I, it was <laughs> a very large <laughs> or two uh, semi-large soccer, soccer fields field. uh, for the kiddos to play. And uh, we are the uh, the game directors, I think. Isn't are we game yeah, something? I think game masters or game something. Game masters, something. yeah, yeah. So I'm, we, I'm the snack master. You're the snack. You got the cool yeah. job. I, Everyone's I like, can I go get snacks now? And they're like, you just want to go talk to Melanie, don't you? <laughs> That's what it is. You just want to go talk to That's Melanie. That's got to be it. Has nothing to do with I the snacks. See how you are. No, it's been a good week here so yeah definitely come out early support the vbs the uh the kiddos have been having a good time and even if you like you know maybe you're just not a kid person 
But these these kids are they've been killing me. This with like these smiles, the little yeah. little ones. They're just um, they're so cute, so cute, so yeah. cute. It's a uh, get a little cuteness overload, and then get a little bit more because really. Jesus loves little children is a pretty cool episode. Let's, For sure, let's not uh, let's not kid ourselves. It's a great one, and I, the best part of it is, even though we're taking it out of order, I think they could have put this episode pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have worked. worked, and so you're not you're not so, getting spoiled or anything like that. It's it's a it's a really it's a great episode. So is it? Let me just I'm, I'm just thinking back now. It, this week we can still have someone. Put their name in to be a sponsor. Oh, absolutely! This week. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. it is for sure. Well, because in the the cool part is you never know who's going to pick you, which is it really was a cool. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, whatever. It's going to be this special thing, and honestly, it was very emotional that someone yeah. chose you. Mm-hmm. And our our uh, Maria sent us a, a note and said the reason she chose our family was Ellie's blonde hair was just too like just too amazing for her to <laughs> like comprehend, and that Emily had. Um, this her favorite color balloon. I don't know what was happening at church that week, but Emily loves balloons, and so she had this light blue balloon, and that was like her favorite color. So she had to choose our family. Uh, and yeah, I was just like, how cool is that? It's really cool to see that. I mean, so many times what happens with these things is that they have a picture of a child. You pick that child or the one that you you get want there, and it's just really fun to put the power really into the kids' hands yeah. to to pick who they want and. Uh, Rochelle and I, we we've been sponsoring a World Vision kit. I think that we've been doing this for, ooh, I think twelve or fifteen years. We've had ooh, a World wow. Vision child, and then two years ago we picked up three more. So we have one for each one of our family members. Okay. Um, and so my kids actually, um, both my kids work, and they they help sponsor their child i i subsidize it a little bit <laughs> um but they they sponsor um a kid for them each one for themselves and then rochelle and i each have a have two kids and well we need to take this opportunity i'm special. excited about the writing the letter part because that's been something that yeah it's hard i mean it's hard for anyone anymore at least it is for me to sit down and hand write letters yeah and so to do that that we have a chance to just uh to do that and make a yeah. little reconnection that'll be a cool you'll have a chance do. to do that we'll have a couple little photo booths set up so that yeah. uh we can have pictures taken right. and you know i i also i think it's nice to know too that if it's not in your budget, nobody's going to make you feel guilty. Nope. Yeah, we just no. we want you to come if if it's something that you want to be involved in. Great. If it's not something you can do right now, you'll come still anyway. love the sermon and yes. it'll still be a good good worship service. It's yeah. a great worship service this week. Absolutely. I just remembered. Thanks, guys. Perfect. Thanks, Melanie. That was that was pro- that was your just thought process right there. Uh, speaking of invitations, that was the uh, the the um, episode title this week. I had somebody contact me, and I don't have permission to use um, their name or anything like that, but someone that watches online every week or nearly every week, and a couple others. I've been getting a lot of feedback from online viewers, and someone said, you know, we would love to be more part of the church and some of us even being more involved with the podcast, hmm. And but you don't ask us. And I'm like, touche, that's fair. And so we are going to begin a campaign to start 
doing transcripts of all of the messages here at at uh, Whole Life Church. Hmm. And so my invitation to you is, if you have a little, I guess in this way it would be time and talent, you don't need any treasure, I can help you with <laughs> getting the, the uh, software that we would use to pull this off, but I'm going to be creating a team of people that can probably maybe take one a month, maybe two, if we did one one uh, current episode or one current message and a current podcast episode, and then take that and then do maybe try to catch up one. We're trying to. We're not going to go back to the Andy years because uh, you know there's thirty there's too many of those to worry about right now. But we'd like to get back to the beginning of the Ken saga in what twenty four months ago and start with <laughs> and, and get back to, to that point. The Ken saga. <laughs> the journey. The journey begins. He's only got thirty five left to go. <laughs> so just so that uh, so. That- people don't feel terrified. We're not asking for people who know how to do shorthand or who can type no. really fast. We're actually just asking for people who can use a piece of software to basically it'll run the it'll basically do a transcript and then we just need people to go through and just proofing. do a light light edit and proofing of it. Yep. And so in most of it will give you the it'll show you what 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 words are incorrect and a small little 20 minute tutorial is about all it takes and i've had people mm. who've never looked at it uncle nate has done a ton for me in a different life and a different job and uh, he picked it up right away and was like well this is easy you just nice. have to pay attention for the and most of the messages aren't more than 20 25 minutes so, you know, you can knock them out pretty quick. Podcast episodes, a little bit longer, but also not so bad. And that would be something that can help us in a lot of ways. And I can tell you more about what those ways are. Just send me a message at podcast at wholelife.church or 407-965-1607. And I would love to put your time and your talent to good use if you have a little. So there you go. All right. That'll do it for this week. It's... Jesus loves the little children. It's World Vision Weekend. So if you're local, come on and see us. And if not, tune in and see what's happening and be a part. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. 